This episode is brought to you by .site domains. If you're looking to build a great website for your business, you can find a short and meaningful domain name on the .site domain extension. To register, visit www.get.site, that's S-I-T-E, and use the code SELFRELIANCE to get up to a 50% discount on your purchase. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Brian Kurtz. He is the CEO and founder of Titans Marketing. He's a former VP of marketing for the very large publisher Boardroom, which I think is now called Bottom Line Inc. Uh, yeah. You were there about 30 years. He's also the author of a book called Over Deliver, Build a Business for a Lifetime, Playing the Long Game in Direct Response Marketing. So Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks. I've wanted to be on your show for a while. I've been a fan of yours for many years. Well, thanks so much. Well, you're one of those uh, one of the few people that I can uh, I can talk about the good old days before the internet, before we did marketing without the internet. It's yeah. funny. I go, you you probably do this too. I go and and speak to uh, conferences back when we did that, um, and sure. uh, you know I'll, I'll mention this idea of how I sold my first product and that <clears throat> that I that I sent in ad copy to a magazine, <laughs> you know, the ad ran, they, there was an 800 number, uh, already six weeks have passed. Um, <laughs> there was an 800 number. I, they would call for a free report, which I would stick in the mail and send to them. And uh, in that free report, there'd be a little coupon at the bottom of it that they yes, could send yes, back to yes. me with a check. So, and then I would go to the shelf and get my three ring binder with CDs in it. And I would exactly. send it to them. The whole, pro- whole process took about 12 weeks. Yeah. At least it wasn't cassettes, but <laughs> um, but you know the yeah. thing is that that it's interesting you say that because you know uh, chapter three of my book is how paying postage made me a better marketer, and yeah. it's not you know we we can't uh, lecture people on the good old days being better than today because yeah, they no weren't kidding. they yeah. just weren't and but but what the what the good old days were were you know basically the bedrock of direct response marketing. And I'll tell you everything I, and I'm, I'm a student of everything that's going on today. That's state of the art. I'm in masterminds where I'm, I'm a student. I'm the dumbest guy in the room, but I go in there. I absorb it. I take it back to my masterminds. It's all, it's all direct response. And, you know, the people I grew up with in, in, you know, direct mail and TV, radio, all the, the traditional offline uh, media, you know, they, a lot of them gave up when the internet came along because yeah, it was yeah. too confusing. And, and I saw it as like the internet is the, is going to be the ultimate. And you said the timing, I mean, you, you yeah. waited 15 <laughs> weeks for our results in a direct mail campaign, you know, so I, I like the speed of it, but I knew I had a lot to learn, but it, yeah. it, it was, it was fascinating to me how all the principles all apply. And some of them have been put on steroids by, some of the gurus today in, in really good ways. And I just, I, you have to be careful though, because you don't want to lecture people on doing yeah. a, a newsletter with a coupon in it. But you, know, <laughs> you, have to, you have to go back and go ahead, I guess, is what it is. Well, I think so many of the principles, as you talk about, I mean, you look at any sales page today for, you know, a high converting, you know, online, you know, landing page or something. And, it, and it's just, you know, it's just, you know, 101 direct response. I mean, yeah. it's exactly what, you know, the 14 page, you know, sales letter, you know, used to be that people sent out in the mail and, and all of the triggers, of you know, yeah. you know, the, the scarcity and the, the timed offer and the bonuses. I mean, that's, you know, that's all straight from that stuff. 
I, I guess um, the, the big difference is, though, like, you know, when you have launches like product launch formula type yeah, of thing, where you can, you know, you can really give away a lot of good content up front to get to the, you know, and then you, and then you open the cart, you close the cart, and it's a little different <laughs> in that way. Whereas direct mail, you know, with postage and printing, you're not giving away too much up front. Yeah. Although yeah. I would say our letters, like our at Boardroom, we had 12-page letters. We had 24-page Magalogs. We had 64-page Bookalogs. Like they were actually booklets. And, it, you know, people would put them on their nightstand thinking it was a product, but it was a promotion. But what we did was I, I see this as the, the precursor to, say, a launch because you had to give away some steak. You couldn't be yeah. all sizzle because if you're all sizzle, you know, what's happening online is a lot of steak. Now, you have much more steak on for the product, but that's the difference. Content marketing has changed everything. But I, I do believe that I could find, and, and I found it with Magalogs, Bookalogs, Long Copy, as you said, um, that's, the, that's, the, that's the comparison of what we did in direct mail that, that kind of corresponds to the launches and giving away your best content before selling more good content. Yeah. So, so I want to get into to today's world, but I, I, just because I have you and have the opportunity and all your years with uh, boardroom, um, what's the oddest thing you ever sold at boardroom? Cause you guys were into health stuff. I mean, yeah, supplements, I mean, all kinds of stuff. It was mostly books and newsletters. I have to say, um, I, I would say, I don't know if it's what I ever sold was so weird, but how we sold some of it was was strange. Right. I mean, we would have these these A copywriters, A list copywriters like Jim Rutz, yeah. and Jim Rutz was, you know, I, I loved him, but he, I mean, he was batshit crazy, and so he would come up with these concepts. Like he he had one where he had um, it was like Hillary milking the system, and this was before she was pre- before she was um, when she was first lady, and it was like. He had this picture of this of, of Hillary like pulling the oars of a cow, and she's <laughs> like, and and so there's been some weird stuff like that that has been in promotion. As far as products go, you know, we didn't sell too much weird stuff because it was basically, but but the, but the I think it was the headlines. We had a headline for one of our health books that became the control that was doctors who amputate by mistake. And it was, <laughs> and, but it was based on fact. It was based on doctors yeah. who went into the operating room. They were supposed to cut off the left leg and they cut off the right leg. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so things like that, the shocking but true direct mail was probably the most, you know, strange stuff that we did. And then we also did some, some stuff. Like I remember even, it wasn't that strange, but the idea that some of our copywriters would have us have a, a panel of like subscribers that we were going to promote to and he would test headlines against them and one of the best headlines he tested against the panel that became a long-standing control was um it was you know how do doctors uh care for sick sick people all day and stay well or something like that and it was it was kind of obvious but you never would have known about it so i'd say that i'd say more in promotion was more weird than the products yeah, so so that was kind of bottom line health, as I recall. Yeah, bottom line um, health. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, uh, kind of lived on some of those oddities, didn't it? A little bit, you know, of of you know, like mysterious things that you know you might not know about medical stuff. Yeah, we we used to we called them fascinations, and they were yeah. they were bullet points with page numbers. So yeah. something that was, uh, I the guy who was our secret weapon in that in the 1980s was a guy named Mel Martin, like the, the best copywriter no one ever heard of. This guy was just a master at writing fascinations. 
And he said he learned it from Ralph Ginsburg in the 60s. And Ralph Ginsburg was, was you know, state of the art to you know, where he went to jail um, for stuff that you'd never go to jail for today. And so the fascination approach and then Gene Schwartz was another user of the fascination approach because you go into a book and you want to pull out what's good in there. And actually, the, the bullet point is way better than the answer. One of yeah. our most famous was what never to eat on an airplane. Right. And the answer is nothing because it changes your blood sugar. And <laughs> the answer is like nothing, but it was a it was a control for years. And it was just what never to eat on an airplane. And it, so things like the, the fascination approach with a page number gave you a lot of opportunity, gave you a lot of entry points, too. Yeah. You have like four, if you had four fascinations on an outer envelope. You'd have an entry point on like we had. We had four on one of our best-selling books. We had four um, four uh, uh, fascinations. It was for a general consumer book. One was how to outwit a mugger in a self-service elevator. One was <laughs> how you know when a slot machine is ready to pay off. Um, the third was like how to uh, what 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 vitamin never to buy in a health food store. So we're 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 getting to you know different angles, and it's true that you know you don't want to give the the consumer too much choice, but you know what. When you're going for headline and it's four fascinations or three fascinations, you can have three things that can cover a marketplace and it's an entry point into the yeah. package. That that worked like gangbusters for us. And I think it still works gangbusters. Well, you you know, today they call it clickbait. Um, right. You know, <laughs> that's the the uh, you know, the the buzzfeeds, you know, of the world, uh, right. you know, are living on that, aren't they? Yeah. So, so let's, another one I like is uh, um, uh, I always like. So we had advertorials, which are ads, right, right. and now they're called native ads. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this kind of merging or integrating, you know, world of you know a, a lot of people, you know, don't use direct mail anymore. I you know I can, a good week I might go by and I'll get three pieces of mail. Uh, right. You know, at my at my office. So, you know, how are you seeing marketers who clearly have to have websites and clearly have to have an online presence and clearly have to use email uh, today? How are you seeing them using uh, direct mail in particular um, to, uh, you know, to to supplement or maybe even expand their business? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing because I, I say everybody's going right time to go left, but not full time. And so email is still, I mean, email is the killer app. I mean, mm -hmm. email is the best way to communicate with people. You have to communicate them with really good value. You've got to, you can't sell them every day. You got to give them really good content, all of the stuff we just talked about. But I do, I do believe that there is not only, it's not only like a convenient thing that you have direct mail hanging out there. It is a great weapon on the back end of any digital business. Because yeah. And it's funny because a lot of digital, let's say the supplement business, you have digital businesses online selling supplements and they don't do any direct mail. And yet they've got the postal addresses of all of their customers and their customers are usually 50 plus in age. Mm -hmm. So you're not even talking about like, I don't want to do direct mail to 20 year olds because they don't open their mailbox, which is not true. Because everybody, everybody still, I, I always have the youngest person around a table when I go to a consulting client and I say, you know, I, I, I say something like, um, do you know what a mailbox is? He goes, <laughs> you know, don't be a wise, he says, don't be a wise ass, she tells me. Yeah. And I say, you know, but do you, do you check it? What, once every two weeks? She goes, no, I check it every day. And we get into this thing where if you got a lumpy piece of mail or a, a big package from somebody and it was hand addressed, and you didn't think it was a bomb, um, <laughs> that you would take it back into your house and open it before you go back to your email. 
And every one of them said they would. So that's that's the that's the anecdotal thing. But the main thing that I would say is that if you're selling especially high ticket, um, if you're selling high ticket merchandise, you can use direct mail because you can target your list better. You can do pre-screens of of um, of credit, so you don't you can offer them credit and not take a bath on the back end or have bad debt. And you can basically you've got some room to work with if you have a high ticket. And if you have a high ticket item, it should need a little more explanation than, you know, um, a, you know, working off a mouse and, and clicking off everything, you know, quickly. So I think direct mail has an amazing role to play in marketing still. Um, chapter three of my book is how paying postage made me a better marketer. And it was because of the discipline that we had in direct mail. But before you hit send on an email, you think that. It's, if it doesn't get any orders, it's no big deal. It's a big deal. You've just alienated your audience. Yeah. So we had to be so disciplined. And I talk about that not to endorse direct mail, but to show where it can be good. And I'll just give you one other quick thing on, on direct mail. Direct mail is physical product, too. And I think that with digital products, you know, it, it, people say my margins are great. The digital product is so easy to distribute. I can charge $2,000 for the course and I don't have to give them much else except a little coaching. Well, that's true to some degree. But if you had the physical product as either an alternative or an addition, it adds so much to the perceived value of your product. And even I have this uh, I have this one little mastermind that's a virtual mastermind. It's two thousand dollars a year. And what I do with them, it's like it's all online. It's all on Zoom. It's all, you know, um, uh, digital. But I give them once a month. I send them a USB in a plastic case and I mail it in an envelope all over the world because now on their shelf, they have a representation of what this digital thing is all about. And I think, you know, it's going to I haven't gone through my first renewal phase yet, but to me, renewals are everything. And so, you know, the idea of saying I want to I want you know, new, new customer acquisition is the lifeblood of a company. I don't necessarily think so. It's it's a necessary thing you have to do, but it's the second order. It's the renewal. It's so much easier to keep a customer than to get a new one. So why wouldn't you want to do the renewal? So I think I think the the idea of having a high ticket, uh, uh, also direct mail on the back end is like if you if you're distributing things during the year to your best customers, distribute it through direct mail. You know, yeah. direct mail campaign doesn't have to be a million pieces with a twelve page letter. It can be six Federal Express envelopes with your book in it, with a note on it saying, you know, I think that you'll really like this or a book of someone else that would be of, of use to them. And if someone's paying you fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year for a mastermind or something like that, you know, keeping in touch with them through the mail is just so much more powerful. Now, you know, they, they both have to work together, though, of course. Yeah. Well, and I think the, another thing a lot of people underestimate too is is you sell that two hundred dollar product online. Well, you know some percentage of those people want a five thousand dollar product from That's you. Right. And I and I think that your idea of like doing more to over make them feel like they're over deliver. You know, it makes it easy to go back easier to go back and ask them for five thousand dollars than some new person walking down the street, isn't it? Absolutely, in a sense. That's why I say it's more on the back end. I mean. Yeah. I think- you know, and that's only because direct mail has gotten more expensive and people don't know how to do it because it's, it's you know, now it's new media because it's so old, right? But I think that, um, I think what's interesting, though, is that it, it's, um, 
it also the you know because it hasn't it, it, because it's it's it, it, the response rates you get in direct mail today are just as good as they were in 1980. It's just that your your universe is a lot smaller of really good response lists, and you can't you can't dive really deep. But I'll tell you, if you ha- if just on your house file, if you have a big house file and you've never done direct mail and you want to go from 2,000 to 5,000, and you you know if you sold with a credit card, you've got every one of their postal addresses. And the right. other big advantage of direct mail, and I don't have to sell it. I mean, it's, it's got the advantage. It's an opt out medium, not an opt in. You know, yeah. you have their, you have their, their postal address. You can mail to them as long as you want, as long as they're not on the do not promote list right. with the DMA, but you just, you just mail them as long as you want and they have to opt out or unsubscribe, which is the act opposite of email where they have to opt in and then they can opt out anytime as well. Have you ever tried looking for a domain name? Chances are that the first few options you tried were not available. And you're not alone. I mean, over 65% of domain name searches actually fail because, you know, all good domain names are already taken. But that's not necessarily true. In fact, I got myself selfreliance.site where I talk about my book, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur, and share content to help people become self-reliant in their entrepreneurial journey. You too can get your very own .site domain for as low as $1.99. Visit www.get.site or click the link in the description on the show notes page. Search for your unique .site domain and use the code SELFRELIANCE to get 50% off your domain purchase. So what do you think about this particular period we're in right now? Um, you know, I <clears throat> had a client um, a couple of weeks ago that was trying to get something in the hands of, of physicians and they were like, well, you know, do we just email them or what do we do? You know, and, and uh, you know, it was pretty obvious. It's like, no, you got to mail it to them, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and, Partly because you couldn't go call on them anymore. You couldn't drop by the office anymore. Nobody wanted to see you, you know. And so do you feel like we're in a, a window now where, you know, until we get back someday uh, actually doing face-to-face meetings where uh, it's going to make direct mail even more important, even just as a basic communication form? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I think it's always important, but especially here, because um, I think also the fact that um, doc, we'll say doctors, for instance, they're at home and yeah. getting their home address. You're, you don't, you no longer have, you know, the, the secretary screening the mail. Right. So that's an advantage as well. If you can get to them with their yeah. home address, but you know what, if you're, if you're a salesperson selling like pharmaceuticals or right. whatever, I mean, high ticket yeah. machinery for an office. I mean, why wouldn't you want to hand pick your list and you got time, you're all home anyway. Right. So if you can get the perfect list. And I would even say, you know, this is where using, you know, Federal Express or priority mail as opposed to we're not talking about third class mail anymore. You know, we're not talking about mailing in bulk. We're talking about first class mail, Federal Express or something, um, because if you have the right list with an offer, that's good. And and then then it's then it's your creative. I always say that those are the three legs of marketing. It's it's the list, the offer and the creative. And I always say the creative is the least important thing until it's not. And what I mean by that is that you've got to get the list right. The list yeah. is the most important. You get a decent offer and, and then you work on the creative. And it, it, I can prove it because if you have the best creative going to the 
a list that's not targeted, you're going to get zero orders. Whereas if you have a perfectly uh, targeted list or an affiliate or something like that, and you mail them um, the worst creative, you mail them a you mail them a, a flashing red box with an arrow, you'll get some orders. <laughs> you can do, and that's where the creative comes in. But I, I'll tell you, I, I think you know I hadn't thought of you know direct mail being better now during the COVID period, but it, it has to be. And the thing is, I was surprised in my mailbox. Um, it's it feels like it's even emptier during COVID because people have given up. I mean, look at restaurants. The restaurants yeah. where they had takeout only, there was so many proactive things they could have done. I mean, you get menus all the time. I wasn't even getting yeah. menus, but I'm talking about yeah. a targeted program where you send out a menu that says, you know, from the local restaurant, I want to cook dinner for you tonight. Make your reservation. Pick sure. it up. And just like very little um, ingenuity for the most part. And that surprised yeah. me because there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I think even the big chains, you know, which should have known better. Um, I, I completely agree. I think everybody was just nervous to do anything for a while. Right. And so they they all just quit. Um, the entrepreneurs were, were, were much more proactive, the people that I'm talking to on a regular basis. And I was I was on um, a call with a, a group of entrepreneurs yesterday, and it was like most people are, are crushing it. They're just doing so much better, and they're embarrassed about it because they yeah. see the struggle that so many companies are having. So, you know, I think you just got. It's not a question of just being innovative. It's you've got to you got to deal with what you dealt with. So either you can throw your arms up and say I'm giving up, or right. you can attack it in some way. Maybe you won't get the same amount of business. Maybe you'll get more, but you got to do something. Yeah. So, so let, talk to me a little bit about the list. Um, I know back in the day, um, you know, there were great list companies, you know, every magazine, you know, was available that could be a great targeted list. feels like that world is, has kind of evaporated largely. Um, so obviously your own in-house list is a great list, but right. short of that, if you were trying to target cer- certain demographics, where do, where do you go or certain types of businesses, where do you go these days? Well, I always try to take a look and see if there's you know, the list, it's either response list or compiled list. So response yeah. have to have some response in direct mail. Yeah. And those are a lot smaller than they were. And the compiled lists are just as big because it's basically it's names and addresses with with overlaying demographic data on it. So when I have a, a have a, a, a project like someone wants to go and, and reach accountants, for instance, um, I try to look first if there's a response, even if it's regional, even if I'm just looking for clients. In, you know, in, in a particular metropolitan area, I'm still going to take a look at what response lists might be available, like a trade magazine or a, a seminar list. There aren't that many of those anymore either. But you, know, yeah. you try to get people who've responded in the mail, and those are going to be your best names. They may be a lot smaller, but it's quality over quantity. And then you, know, then you have to go to the compilers. And they'll, you know, and those those run the gamut from, yeah. you know, really bad delivery, really bad data to somewhat good data. But that's not as good a list. I think what you said about the list companies, there's been a tremendous consolidation of the list brokers and managers. Um, and there aren't that many left that are really good. There are a couple that specialize in certain categories. But I'll tell you, that was what I said. The people that I grew up with in the 80s and 90s. They were brokers and managers, and a lot yeah. of those people did not – they didn't make any kind of pivot to the internet. They didn't – and so they still have a business, but it's it shrunk. The other way yeah. to get lists are these cooperative databases 
So that's when you everybody has a smaller list than the response list. So they pool all their names and hopefully they get, they put the best names into the database. And then from that database of similar names, you can pull out a decent quantity by city, by state, if you have to go regional. So I, I know people have had good luck with that. We had some luck with that at Boardroom in my later years. Um, but, you know, it's it's a challenging thing to find a lot of outside lists to mail. I had an online uh, marketer that was doing tons of doing big launches online, digital product, but they happened to have a, a physical product of their digital product available on DVDs, CDs. They had interviews with patients, all of that it was a health product. And so we did a direct mail campaign to a proof of concept for them. And it went through the roof, but we only were able to mail like seven or eight lists. We had to, we could mail it as a bill me offer, which is unheard of online, mm. a real bill me yeah. offer, you know, send the, yeah. send the product with, with a bill on top of it and have them send no money and getting 60 or 70% pay up. And it pays for itself many times over. But then when we were ready to, ready to continue on that program, they didn't have the stomach for it because they were they were able to scale on a digital product quickly and they could make a lot of money, whereas they couldn't make as much money on the direct mail. They could make some. I tried to explain to them that anybody who comes in from a direct mail package yeah, yeah. coming in off an email is going to be a lot more worth to you in a lifetime value situation. But I couldn't convince them to move on with it. So. So, Brian, tell people where they can find out more about you and your work and, uh, of course, pick up a copy of Over Deliver. Well, I mean, that's I, the best way to get on my list. It's the best way to become a member of my online family. Um, so they go to overdeliverbook.com. And if they go there, they buy the book off there to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever they want to go. They come back to the site and there's thousands of dollars worth of, of uh, treasures in there from Jay Abraham to Gary Bensavenga to Dan Kennedy. Um, just some really great stuff. And there's some stuff on direct mail too. I have two uh, PDFs of two of the best books on direct mail ever written by Dick Benson and Gordon Grossman, who probably a lot of the listeners don't know who they were, but they were geniuses. Gordon Grossman helped build the Reader's Digest. So that that site, overdeliverbook.com, the book costs $17 on Amazon, and you get thousands of dollars worth of, of, um, of bonuses. But if you don't want to spend $17, that's okay. You can just go to briankurtz.net, B-R-I-A-N-K-U-R-T-Z.net. And you can opt in. Um, there's an interview there with Perry Marshall about the three most uh, biggest successes of my career. And uh, there's a lot of free content on my site, all my past blogs of the last five years. And you don't have to buy a thing from me. And I won't pressure you too much to buy anything from me. And I don't do affiliates. And I, <laughs> I, my, my business is pretty clean. Awesome. Well, Brian, it was great catching up with you. It's uh, It's been a while and uh, hopefully we'll run into you uh, next time we're out there on the road. Yeah. Best, best wishes to you.